my life was not meant to be normal. Normal deserted me the instant I kissed John. He was as handsome as a sunflower, blue eyes like the summer sky over the mountaintops. I had boarded the final voyage of the Titanic on my way down to be fish food. Navigating the gay life is not as easy as you might think. If you are not gay, then you might say, what's Joe bellyaching about now? And if you are gay, you might say, so what did he do for his gay brothers and sisters that were dealing with struggles and looking for a hand up? The not gay crowd in 1969 would say, why would you be a homo? I asked myself the same question. The crowd that I was preaching to used words like homo, fairy, faggot, cocksucker, queer, just to name a few, that described someone that was not like them sexually. When I travel back to 1969 and contemplate what was going on with this country and in my 21-year-old mind, I think it a miracle that I made it through all those obstacles. I'm talking obstacles for those at a young age in my generation that to be authentic and truthful with themselves and accept that it was not going to be easy going, far from easy going. Suicide was even an option. I loved girls, thought they were fun actually. Much easier to have a cute girl on your arm and be accepted with the other guys. Girls were sweeter, cleaner, smelled better than guys. Guys generally were crude. Dating and even having sex with girls to me was like speed reading with no comprehension. I could perform. There was no problem there. There just was no passion. I actually didn't even know what passion was. It certainly didn't make me happy and fulfilled because I was empty and hollow. Up until 1969, I saw myself marrying and having kids, lots of kids. I would have a great job, beautiful home, even outdo any of my other male friends. I know I would be a good father. I'd be involved with the church. I'd play softball with all the kids in the neighborhood. There was only one problem there as I was not coordinated and could not catch a softball, football, or basketball, no matter how much I tried. So my junior year of college began at Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, Florida. I started that fall and noticed during the first weeks all the tables out with fraternities beckoning me. These were guys that seemed to be having a good time. They seemed to be the in crowd, and they seemed to want me. So I agreed to go to a rush event, which turned out was a drunk fest. John, who I met at the table, 
said, I'll pick you up at seven Friday night. You're going to love it. So I believed him. He and his brothers looked like they were star athletes. Everything came to them naturally. I wondered if John knew how sexy his smile was. Of course he did. I was dumb, naive, clueless. It's interesting how what you think will be a great thing becomes a horrifying thing, but in the long run turns out to be the best thing ever, like a lot of things. So for sure, Friday night, it was a drunk fest. I drank a few, several, four, five, half a dozen, I don't know, beers. The good thing about me is that when I'm drunk, I'm way more fun and funny to those around me. I'm able to let go of my uptightness, worried about people watching me, wondering what I'm thinking. I take off the darkness. The real me blossoms, and then the next day, I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? So I woke up Saturday morning with wet clothes on, sand in my hair, and a massive headache. I was in a dorm bedroom I shared with a strange guy from New Jersey. He would flunk out in two months. He was majoring in physical education. I wondered, how do you flunk that? Maybe I wasn't as dumb as I thought. And maybe he couldn't catch either. Maybe that's why he flunked out. So I stood in the shower for a long, long time just trying to remember what happened. Did I make an ass out of myself? And then I had a few glimpses of John kissing me, or me kissing him, I don't know. Being on the beach, being in a royal castle drinking coffee and having to be told, quiet down. I was having a good time. The vision of John kissing me was disturbing. How did that happen? Did anything else happen? And what would anything else be? I was in a shitload of trouble. I'd probably be expelled from the college. The world would never be the same. And I didn't want it to be the same. So I decided to head home for the weekend. About a three hour drive down to Homestead. And our house was in the area called the Redlands. My mom would be there, and by the way, by a long shot, I had the best parent of anyone I knew. My brother Jim and his family were nearby, and they would come over, several friends. I'd not be able to tell them a guy kissed me, or worse yet, I kissed a guy. They would probably freak out, disown me, tell me to my face what I already knew, and that was that I wasn't worthy of their acceptance, much less their love. It still seemed safe to be home instead of at school. I was so anxious and worried that I had sweat under my arms and my ass crack, contemplating what Monday was going to be like, maybe the school devising me, We don't tolerate homosexual behavior. You're no longer a student here. 
I'd get my ass beat by the fraternity guys that would know I was a faggot. It would be embarrassing. So I didn't know any other homos. Well, I did know one. That's our family doctor. I knew he was a homo because every time I'd go in for a head cold, he'd have me take my pants off, sometimes my underwear. I figured, hey, whatever, he's the doctor, he knew best. And we called him Doc. His name was Jim. And my mom, Elsa, worked for him as his nurse and office manager. She respected and admired him. She also knew he was a homo. There's also a few guys from my high school that everyone thought was queer. We all believed it because they were effeminate. I didn't want to identify with that, with being effeminate. My mom asked why I seemed so distant. What's wrong? How is school? Have you made any friends? I told her a little bit about John. Not about getting drunk and kissing. But I said, I made a new friend, John. He's a senior and he asked me to join a fraternity. So she was cooking dinner and nodded her head like that was all good. I caught glimpses again of his mouth on mine, of John right in my face and his tongue in my mouth, us sitting on the beach late Friday night, laughing my ass off and talking too loud in Royal Castle. I told her that all the professors seemed very serious about homework. Then she said, where does this John come from? So I was wondering if she suspected something. I didn't know what was going on, but she had insight into things. Or maybe I had guilt feelings. So I sat down on the lazy boy recliner with Tuffy, our dog. Man, I wish I could take Tuffy back to school with me. At least she loved me no matter what. My brother Jim, his wife and three kids, eventually to be five, came for dinner. He was asking what happened to my girlfriend, Pat. So I told him, I said, Pat's dating a friend of mine. Her and I are still friends. I didn't tell him that I'd never got to third base with her. I just let him assume that I did. Jim was busy changing a diaper for the youngest kid. So the middle one comes up to the living room with a handful of toilet paper and said, Wipe me. So late Sunday, I headed back north to school. So the entire drive back, I obsessed over how I would face John and his fraternity brothers. How could I squirm out of this one? Could I squirm out of it? Probably not. I arrived at the door to my dorm study room. This was the first room before the bedrooms. Two bedrooms shared this area so four students could be studying. Of course, that never happened. When I entered the room, New Jersey boy had just hung up the phone and said, Hey, that guy John just called nine times 
and wants you to call him right back. Oh, shit. Sweat forming again. So one thing about me, I will eventually confront what needs to be confronted. I learned that from Elsa. Actually, she was an expert in confrontation. So I decided once I got my books and clothes put away that I'd go ahead and call John back, face the music. So I sat at my cubicle, wrote out a list of questions in the event him and I would discuss what happened Friday night. I compiled a list of ten items. I fashioned it after a computer class I was taking where it said, if this, then that. So here I am with wet hands, picked up the phone and dialed John's number. Two suite mates were within feet and could hear me. The first surprise was that John seemed fine when he picked up. Actually, he said, Hey, how are you doing? You got pretty messed up Friday night, and I've been worried. Nothing about him and his dorm buddies going to hang me out on the basketball court for everyone to see what happens to a fag. He even said, Man, you were a riot. I thought you were quiet and conservative, but hell's bells. So I took a deep breath and thanked God for saving my life, saving my life and potential career. He then told me that he hurt his back, helping me get up the three flights of stairs to my dorm room. So I cautiously said, Friday night was a lot of fun. He said, It was 2 a.m. Saturday when I dropped your wet mess in the bed. I was relieved. I could breathe. Maybe life would continue. John wanted to know if we could meet at the library and could talk about it further face to face. I then thought maybe this could be a setup. His other fraternity brothers waiting for my dumb ass to walk across campus to the library, attack me, hang me up for all to see. And I thought, hey, whatever, it's worth the risk. Let's get it over with. String me up if you want to. So I arrived at the library, and John was sitting on a bench outside, and he said, hey, let's sit out around the garden so we can talk. I was okay with that. I wondered if anybody could tell my ass crack was soaking wet. He smiled and began to describe to me about the adventure of me getting shit-faced and him getting me out of the party. He said, The guys all want you in the fraternity. I was having flashbacks of the royal castle and the beach, sitting on a blanket, and him talking about life. So, here I am. I'm 20 years old. These flashbacks are a new thing for me. Then John said, Hey, what are you doing with that piece of paper? I told him on my computer language questions. That way I can stay focused. But I was not ready for him to see the entire list, he said. So what is it you want to know? So I skipped the first five because he had already told me all was good with wanting me in the fraternity and the guys thought I was fun as hell. So I asked him, Have you ever done anything like that before? Of course, he said, no. 
I had the feeling I wasn't going to be expelled or hung up to dry, literally, or to have my name written all over the administration building. Joe's a faggot, John said. Okay, so what's the last question? I should have known then. He's done this before. I felt confident. I felt safe. So I said, while I looked right at him, my hand shaking a little bit, paper in my hand. So the last question is, would you do it again? I was hoping that in my not drunken state that he would say yes. I wage war through the water, thinking I'm on the side. I'm trying to make you live it all. I'm just a working man, and oh, I love it. I can't get no sleep, can't get no rest. This is episode 1 of 15 of Navigating Muddy Waters. If you like my show, please tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wondery, or wherever you are listening now. Everything in my show is based on actual events. I'm your host, Joe Calderwood. I'm also the writer, recorder, producer, and editor. Music is by Freddie Elmberg.